lift his name to exalt him. God is not about us. It's all about what you've done for us through your son. And so, Father, we thank you, Father God, that in you we live, in you we move, in you we have our being. So we thank you for your presence being in this place amongst us. And, God, while your presence is here, I thank you for healing in this place, deliverance in this place, peace in this place, love and joy in this place. I thank you, Father, that every need in this place has already been met in Jesus' name now holy spirit walk alongside of me today holy spirit be our teacher be our helper lead us guide us into all truth reveal unto us and bring everything back to our remembrance that the word has spoken unto us and father i thank you that i have been crucified with christ and it's no longer i who live but it's christ who live in me we give you glory honor and praise in this place in jesus name amen Hallelujah. I pray that everybody's hearts are open and receptive to receive what God has to say unto you on today. Go with me to St. John, the fourth chapter, and let's hear what the word is saying today. St. John, the fourth chapter, I will begin at verse 39, and I will end at verse 41. St. John, chapter 4, beginning at verse 39 and ending at verse 41. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And the word of God now reads. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were coming to him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he abode there two days. And many more believe because of his own word. You may be seated. I want to talk about it's time to testify. It's time to testify. And in this teaching, I'm still talking about Jesus because we know that he is the word. And when we speak about the word, we're speaking about him. God dropped this in my spirit as I was meditating. I said, God, you know, we, we talk about Jesus. All of us are are born again we have accepted Jesus in our lives and we know what Jesus did for us he died on the cross he was crucified he was buried but then he rose again so it was his death burial and resurrection but the thing is if Jesus had not rose we would not be justified we would not have the things that we have so because of him rising up from the dead we have what we have and we are who we are in him so all of us know that we are new creations in Christ Jesus old things have passed away behold all things have become new but God has come today through the Holy Spirit to let you know it's time to testify testify means that you you are witness to something that you have seen and something you have heard so in St. John the fourth chapter is talking about this woman which was a Samaritan and she met Jesus at the well thank God for meeting Jesus what about you and all of us when we met Jesus we had some different situations going on in our lives your situation may been different from mine but I'm here to tell you on today it don't matter what the situation is no matter what you in I'm here to tell you Jesus already brought you out of it even before you accepted him as your Lord and as your Savior when we look at the woman at the well this woman began to testify she began to bear witness to what she's seen 
or heard. And I'm here to tell you in the court of law, and Judge Turner can tell you, when you get on that witness stand, she got to have a good witness. You got to have somebody not just going on hearsay, she say, but you got to have somebody that seen it and somebody that heard it, not somebody that was sitting at home to tell you some gossip that somebody else told him. I don't know about you. See, a talebearer reveals secrets, but someone that can be a true witness was right there doing the scene of the crime, doing whatever, what was going on. So this woman here could only bear witness to what she seen or what she heard. And this is what the Holy Spirit is telling me. Some of us are trying to bear witness to him, but yet don't know him. I'm going to say it again. Some of us are trying to bear witness to him, but yet we don't know him. See, some of us will go about talking about Jesus, but we don't even know what the name of Jesus means. We don't even have that relationship that we need to have with him to talk about him or to bear witness to him because a good witness is not going to go back on what they saw or what they heard. I'll give you an example. Um, this is a true story. They put a man on the witness stand and this man was telling them everything that he knew verbatim. And it looked like they were going to um, win their case through this man. It looked like this man, you know, he was going to go to jail. He was going to be, you know, in prison for a while. But how many of y'all know but God? So they, they thought they had an incredible witness because everything that they asked him, it seemed like it seemed to be true. So this is what they, they come to find out. This man identified the man with the clothes on, everything, the color and everything that the man had on. He identified that man. So when this man uh, caught a hold to what was going on with the, the witness, Guess what happened? He began to say, okay, you saying this man had on this color, he had on this, that, or the other. He said, this man was in the courtroom. Could you identify him? He said, yes, I could identify him. Guess what the problem was with this man, this witness? He was blind. <laughs> blind leading the blind, you will fall in the ditch. See, everybody that come to you with different things, you can't go on that. See, I thank God for Jesus because because of Jesus, he left us the Holy Spirit. So we don't have to go on what people are saying because when you get the Holy Spirit and the power of God come upon you, he give you the discerning of spirit. So you're going to know which spirit is in operation. You're going to know truth from a lie. So this is what God is saying today. It's time to testify, but you got to be an incredible witness. You have to be the one that has been with Jesus. So I want to ask you, have you really, truly been with Jesus? We saying, yes, we've been with Jesus. So this woman had to um, bear witness and she had to do it well. The, the witness that she brought, these people believed. So evidently she had to bring something to them in order for them to believe what she was saying. And what was happening with this woman at the well when she met Jesus? Jesus asked her to give him a drink of water. But this woman said, now you asking me for water and the Samaritans and the Jews did not get along. There was hostility between them. She said, I'm a Samaritan. And you a Jew and you're going to ask me for water. So where am I going with that? When you um, come and be with Jesus and you really have been with Jesus, Jesus don't see you for who you really are. I'm going somewhere. 
But we say we bear witness. We say we've been with him. We've seen him. We heard about, we, we saying all of these things, but yet we get saved and we act like we better than the sinner. We get saved and we act like we can't talk to this one or we can't talk to that one. We shy away from people out there that need Jesus. Now, Jesus met this Samaritan and this Samaritan and the Jews don't get along. And the reason why they didn't get along is because some of those Jews married those Samaritans. So they called them half breeds. Meaning that they were doing some of the things that the Samaritan was doing. They was worshiping these idols. So there was hostility in there. But this is what God is saying today. This woman, when Jesus met her, he didn't um, make her feel bad. He didn't make her feel left out. He didn't make her feel like she wasn't important. Come on, how many some of us saved folks think just because you've been saved for five years and somebody else come and they talk to you, you don't even want them sitting beside you because of their rep, because of their reputation. If somebody see me sitting with them, they're going to think I'm doing what they do. But see, Jesus didn't do all of that. Jesus just told her, give me a drink of water. And she made it known. Don't you know I'm a Samaritan and you a Jew? And the Samaritans and the Jews don't have anything to say to one another. There's hostility between us. But Jesus had no respectable person. So when she went back to these people and were telling them about who she met, they knew her witness had to be a true witness because they knew that the Jews don't have nothing to do with the Samaritans. So they knew that this Jew had to be different. It was something different about this man. And that's what God is saying to you today. You supposed to be the one making the difference. You don't supposed to think that you so way up there that you can't make mistakes so you ain't been where somebody else have been. See, we get so much on our high horse, we think we know more than everybody else. I've been in the word longer than you. But what you're supposed to be doing is bearing witness. You're supposed to be letting them know this is um, who I am now that I'm in Christ, but this is not who I was. See, this is what we do. Some of us are so ashamed of where we've been. But I'm here to tell you, when you, when your life changes and you become a light and you begin to expel that darkness that's in the world, you don't have to do nothing but live that life that you have in Christ. And people are going to know that change have taken place. They're going to know you've been with Jesus. And they're going to be able to accept your witness. See, some of us are out saying stuff about Jesus, but our light ain't shining. Out of one mouth, we're saying, yes, he is Lord. Then out of the other mouth, we're doing things that we should not be doing. But I believe that these Samaritans, they knew this woman. Because as Jesus talked with this woman, and he told her that the water that he would give her, because she said, you're telling me to give you water, and you don't have nothing to draw with. But Jesus said, the water that I give you, it's going to spring up in you. It's going to be a well of water that spring up in, in you, which is everlasting life. He said, what I give you, you don't need nothing to draw with this water. And what I give you, you will never thirst again. So Jesus was offering her life, eternal life, everlasting life, a life that does not end. But this is what he told her. He said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, you said, right, you don't have a husband. He said, and you had 
five. You've been had five husbands, and the one that you with is not your husband. So look at this right here. These people knew this woman. They knew that this woman was here, there, and everywhere. But when this woman began to tell them about a man that she had met, that told her everything that she ever did, these people began to believe her, her testimony. So I'm going to ask you this right here. We tell people about Jesus, but is your life reflecting Jesus? Because if your life is reflecting him, people are going to know a change have took, taken place in your life. So they're going to know that you've been with him. You're bearing witness to what you've seen and what you heard. And I'm telling you in this place today, God has no respectable person. Don't let nobody look down on you just because you are out there doing this or that or the other. People get so super save and then when you come to Jesus they act like you got to do like they do no you don't have to do like they do you do like the word tell you to do just because somebody is coming to church every Sunday don't mean that they save did anybody ever tell you that You can come to church every Sunday. You can get into the word of God and you can be in that word. But guess what? Your heart ain't right. And that's what he's looking for. He's looking for the heart that's right. But Jesus began to share with this woman at the well. And I believe this woman felt the love and the compassion that Jesus had for her. So in order for us to bear witness to what we've seen or heard, we got to have that love, y'all. And that love was given to us through the Holy Ghost. It was shed abroad in our heart through the Holy Ghost. So if you're going to bear witness to him, if you're going to testify about him, if you're going to testify about his goodness and about his love, then you got to let that love flow out of you. But the problem is we get caught up with us. We get caught up with what we think it should be like or how we think it should be instead of letting the Holy Ghost flow through us. God want us to flow from the inside out, not from the outside in. So God began to show me in the word of God how, you know, sometimes we have respectable persons. You know, if this person don't um, get to the point that you want them to be, then you're going to try to get them to that point. You can't get a person nowhere where they don't want to be, but I tell you what, the word can do it. And if you are an effectual witness and see being an effectual witness, you got to have the power of the Holy Ghost to come upon you to be an effectual witness, but you got to spend time with him. We go back to the prodigal son. This prodigal son, y'all know how the father gave him his money, gave him his inheritance. And as he gave him his inheritance, he went out and had, you know, wild parties. He spent his inheritance, spent all that he had. And as he was out spending all that he had, when he didn't have nothing, guess what? He could have ate what the pigs ate. But he didn't do it because they didn't offer it to him. So when he came to himself, he recognized, he said, I don't have to live like this because my father, he got hired servants. I'll go back to him and be a servant. Y'all, y'all know sometime when we get caught up with the world, we get caught up with money, we get caught up with people. We get so caught up, we forget who we are now that we're in Christ. But when all of that stuff failed, we ready to come back home, right? Why is it that when stuff go on in our lives, we ready to be super saved? That's when we want to be super saved. That's when we want to sing, oh, how I love Jesus, because something is really going on in our lives. 
So this prodigal son, he was coming back to his father. Remember, God don't have any respectable person. So no matter what you've done or how you've done it, God is still going to accept you because he accepted you over 2,000 years ago. When he come back to his father, he already said, I'm going to let him know, you know, that I'm, I'm, I want to be a servant. You know, I'm a sinner, whatever, whatever. But the father met him, y'all. And that father, he kissed his son, he put him on a robe, he put a ring on his finger, he said, go kill the fattest calf, because we're going to get ready to have us a party, because my son have come home. Come on, who does that? What father does that? First of all, that father is going to let him know, no, you spent all your money. You thought you was this. You thought you was that. You go out and live the way you want to live because you ain't coming back up in here and thinking you're going to do like you want to do. Come on, ain't that the natural world? But God loved him so much as a father. God want us to see him as Abba, father. He want us to see him as somebody that we can talk to. We don't have to put on airs. We don't have to try to use big words. We can just go to him and say, Abba, father, here I am. And God will accept you just as you are. Don't try to change because somebody else changed. Don't try to live a life because somebody else is living that life. Be who you are. God is going to use you for who you are he's not going to use you for who somebody else is so they had this big party for the son because the son was found but guess what there was a son at home that stayed with the father he was there with the father helping the father when he found out his father was having this big party for that lost son he was mad and he told his father he said I stayed here with you I did all these things for you and you're going to give him, you're going to kill the fattest calf and you're going to give him all of this and you're not giving me anything. And the father says, son, all that I have is already yours. So this son was so jealous because he thought he was more righteous than the one that y'all know what I'm talking about. We think we're more righteous. We think we need to have more than anybody else. Cause see, I've been saved 20 years and Darlene only been saved a year. So father got father. God got to honor me more than he honor you because I've been with him longer. No, see that's stuff that people will tell you just because you've been saved longer than somebody else. God don't look at how long you've been saved because he don't have no respectable person we need to get over that mess and this is what this father was telling this son you remember the ones that he hired to work and he said I'll pay you you know what's due to you he gave all of them the same no matter what time they came to work he gave them the same pay and they were mad because they're saying you telling me they only work the hour and you're going to give them what I am getting and I've been here all day he said, I'm giving you what's owed to you. What is God saying? It don't matter how long you've been saved. It don't matter how long that you've been in your word. God will take a little child and that child will go past you because God already know their heart. See, we need to quit looking at people because they've been saved for such a long time. He have no respectable person. What am I saying? God want us to be a witness to what we've seen. And to what we have heard. And some of us are not being those true witnesses. And we're wondering why people are not looking at us the way they're looking at everybody else. Because one thing, God began to show me this in the Bible. Everybody know Apostle Paul, right? Y'all know Paul's lifestyle. Paul went and, and was beating Christians. He was persecuting Christians. Come on, we still got some Pauls out there. 
some people that's talking about Christians, they're beating them up, you know, putting their mouth on them and everything and saying that they don't know what they're saying, don't know what they're doing. But anyway, y'all know Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Come on, have you ever had a Damascus road experience? Have you ever had an experience with Jesus? And y'all know who Paul was. Paul was just toe up. He, he, he knew the letter and all of that, but he did not know Jesus as, as Lord. But when he had that experience on that Damascus road, he knew him as his Lord, not only as his Lord, but his Savior. He was his master, and he was asking him, Lord, what would you have me to do? So immediately Jesus was telling him where to go, and then he would instruct him on what to do. But look at this, Ananias he was a disciple, a follower of Christ. When Jesus came to him and he began to speak to him in a vision and tell Ananias about Paul, do you know what Ananias had a nerve to tell Jesus? You want me to go to this man? You want me to go to this man who was persecuting the Christians? This is the man. He's telling Jesus now, Evangelist Joanna. He's telling Jesus, do you want me to? Come on now, he's talking to Jesus. Do you want me to? Acting like Jesus didn't know who he was. He didn't, he acting like Jesus, Jennifer, didn't know that this man was Saul of Tarsus, but Jesus changed his name to Paul because he told Ananias. He began to break it down to Ananias. He said, I chose Jesus. Come on, have you been chosen? It don't matter what you've done. And when God chose you, your past is your past. You don't have to live according to your past. You live according to who you are now that you in Christ and let me tell you something Paul became a good witness to what he seen and to what he heard so what am I encouraging some of y'all out there don't let people dictate to you who you are see the more time you spend with him and, and I feel in my spirit it's still some in here still trying to perfect your salvation you still trying to make people look at you for who you want them to see you to be but I'm here to tell you that won't work no more because people that's walking in the spirit, they know what you're doing. See, some of us, we try to act like we know. We try to talk like we know. But eventually you end up falling out of what you thought you knew. So this is why Paul, Jesus had to get Paul in a place where Paul could know him for himself. Just like this woman that was a Samaritan. She met Jesus. She began to fellowship with Jesus. And Jesus began to talk with her. I don't know about you, y'all, but when you go into the word of God, come on, that word need to be speaking. It's no way that you say you can be in it and you don't hear what it's saying. Because everything in the word of God is for all of us, not just for me, but for all of us. Can you imagine if all of us was in this word and we was applying this word to our life? We would all get along. We wouldn't be like Rodney King. We would all get along, wouldn't we? <laughs> I thought I said that to wake some of you up. You need to wake up. So we see what's going on here. Paul, when he had that experience, when you have an experience like no other with Jesus, you can't hold it. Ain't no way you can hold it. But the good thing is the experience that you have you tell somebody else about it and they're going to tell somebody else about your experience, right? Because faith come by hearing and hearing come by the word of God. 
So when that woman began to tell them the experience that she had with the Messiah, with Jesus, with the one that's bringing salvation, those people, I believe their hearts were churning. I believe their hearts was burning and they began to believe what she was saying. Just like Paul, when Paul had his experience, when you read up on Paul, everywhere Paul went, he told about the Damascus experience that he had. And he wasn't ashamed for, you know, he said, you know, I did persecute the the Christians, but then he began to talk about Jesus and what Jesus done for him. And Paul will always talk about it's because of his grace. See, Paul recognized the grace that was given to him through Jesus Christ. When we recognize the grace that's given to us when we didn't deserve it, we become humble. We become that person that God has created us to be, that image that represents Jesus Christ. See, Paul always talked about the grace. He said, it's because his grace that I'm saved, but it's through faith, not of myself. It is the gift of God. So Paul taught on this grace because Paul knew how he was. Paul knew the things that he'd done. He said, when I come to you, I'm coming to you through grace. He said, that's why um, he's so humble and telling people his story because Paul knew what he'd done to these Christians. But Paul said, he didn't see me for who I was. He see me for who I am in him. And that's how we need to see each other. We don't need to see each other based on that's a liar, based on that's a prostitute or that's a drug addict. You don't see them no more that way. You see them for who they are now in Christ. And don't be ashamed of your testimony because when the Holy Spirit unction you, when the Holy Spirit tell you to share where you've been, go ahead and share it. Why? Because somebody in that room need that witness. They need for you to testify from where you've been. And when you begin to do that, that person will begin to say, if God accepted you, I know he can accept me because I know what I was in. I know what, the, what I was doing. And when you begin to be that effectual witness for Jesus Christ, you're testifying to what you've seen and to what you heard. I'm telling you all, it is the goodness of Jesus that leads to repentance. It's no good that we have done, but it's the goodness that he has done that's going to lead people to Christ. Come on, we're telling people you're going to bust hell wide open. That's not giving them the goodness of Jesus. We need to tell them you don't have to bust hell wide open because if anybody should bust it open it should be me because this is where I was but this is who I am now that I'm in Christ I don't live that wretched life no more I don't do the things that I used to do no more I don't go to places I used to go no more why because I found someone that loved me for me and they didn't um make me change or tell me I have to do this or that they just accepted me for who I am God is telling you today, I'm accepting you. No matter what you've done or how you've done it, that acceptance come through my son, not through you. If some of y'all in this room are still stagnated because you're feeling like, I just don't want to give my whole life to him. I'll give him part of me, but that other part belonged to somebody else. Then that means right now, you are accepting somebody else more than you accepting him. And this is what God was saying, getting back to the Samaritan and how she told them about Jesus. And as she told them about Jesus, the Bible said that they believed her testimony. 
they believed. So you know it had to be an effectual witness because they knew this lady's lifestyle. They knew what this lady was doing. But guess what happened? When them Samaritans heard her, I'm going somewhere. Now, I can get up here every Sunday and Tuesday and tell you about me. And sometimes when I'm telling you about me, I believe people say, man, if she got through it, I can get through it. If Pastor Amanda done this, I know I can do it. That's all well and good. But I'm here to tell you today, you got to hear him for yourself. See, this woman, she spent time with Jesus. So she had a true testimony. She could testify to what she seen and what she heard. So she was out telling them about it. Look how long she was at that well talking to Jesus. When you get into the word of God, you don't just need to go in there and read it like a book. You need to go into the word of God and say, this is his words. And his words are written for me. And as you read in that word, the Holy Spirit will illuminate a passage of scripture. Stop right there and say, God, you're speaking to me. God, what do you want me to know in this passage of scripture? Don't move. That's just how the woman was at the well. The woman began to ask questions um, to Jesus, ask Jesus about different things, and Jesus would answer. How many of us stop when the word is being illuminated and say, God, what are you saying to me? God, what do you want me to do with this? Now, we ask questions, but what we do, we pause. We wait on an answer. We don't sit there and just go on. We have to sit there and wait for him to answer us. And the more that you do that, the more you develop in your relationship to him and the more you begin to hear him. I'm hearing God saying it's too many people in a hurry want to be something that they're not yet. It's too many people want people to think that, oh, I'm this prophet. Oh, oh, I'm this apostle, I'm this pastor, I'm this evangelist, hear me. I'm not hearing nobody that don't spend time with God. Because let me tell you something, God will give you a different word. He ain't going to keep you on that same scripture that you've been knowing for 20 years and you prophesying it to everybody. I'm telling you something, you should be growing in Christ. You should be coming off the milk and going to the meat. Yes, God is love. You telling everybody that, but what about that love? People want to know, yes, I can say um, I love my husband, but love is an action word. And if it's an action word, I'm going to do things to show him my love. So if I'm saying God is love, then there should be some action behind what I'm saying. What is that action? God began to stir up the gifts on the inside of me. And I begin to tell you stuff that you ain't told nobody. And then you realize that he do love me because he's accepting me outside of what I've done. See, it's time for us to grow in Christ. And the only way you can do it is by spending time with him. Some of us are on meat and we're getting choked. And we got people following us because they think we're so mature. I'm here to tell you, if you got saved on Wednesday and getting choked on Thursday, something is wrong. You got to stay on the bottle. I'll give you an example. All mothers know this. After you have that baby, but before you have that baby, me and y'all may not be aware of this, but that baby be doing some moving. That baby be in that belly, turning every which way, pulling you your belly tight, all of this stuff. You know the movements of that child. When that child come out of that belly, that first thing that, that they do with that baby, they want to make sure that baby is hollering. That baby always whining, right? 
hollering, squalling all the time. And that squall, a mother know what that cry means. And a mother know quicker than a daddy. Why? Because that mother has carried that baby for that full term. So that mother's going to know what that baby needs. She's going to know those cries. Either that baby is hungry, that baby is wet, or that baby is sick, right? Or that baby just spoiled and wants you to hold that baby all day long. You're going to know the difference, right, Renee? I remember with Jolly Green Giant back there. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. Mm, Thank God for Jesus. Because after that one, I didn't want no more. God knew. I ain't lying. That boy hollered. This is just how funny it was. And I'm going somewhere with having a relationship and spending time. That boy hollered so much, y'all, I didn't know a baby could holler that much. We had a little pad putting down every little bit of milk he drunk. And the reason why, because we were saying, you shouldn't be hungry. We fed you here. Hour after hour, that boy was tearing up some bottles. So we like, something just seemed right. Now, my husband wasn't saved then, y'all. And I just had Jeremy. And so I had a C-section. It was hard for me to get on the bed and get off the bed. So my husband was mad. He woke up cursing. I ain't lying. Because <laughs> he just laid that boy down. He woke up cursing, y'all. I was mad. I said, that's my baby. You ain't going to be cursing. I'm going to get out this bed. So I took one leg off the bed and I was hurting. And I was going to get the baby. He going to jump up and feed him. Now, y'all know that was a fight in the land. (laughs) But any any old way, so after all of that, we was trying to figure Jeremy out. We was trying to figure out, you ain't hungry, you don't have no fever, you ain't sick. Boy, what's going on with you? So we had to go through some stages with Jeremy. We, we, you know, you have to spend time with the baby. You have to know their needs. And if they don't get what they want, y'all, the, your whole house is tore up. You mad, everything is just out of order, right? But you're spending time with that child. And as that child grows and as that child is developing, you're going to know the next stage is what? Baby food, but hold it. Y'all know what we do. They're hollering too much. We take that bottle and we make it like grits. That's the next step because old people say, I'm getting somewhere. They ain't getting full now. This is what you do. You put that cereal in that bottle and they, they will sleep. They will get full. Mm-mm. Didn't work. Had a big hole in that bottle so big so it could come out and feed that boy. He's still hollering. And sometimes you get choked on that cereal because it's so thick. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You beat them in the back. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> you want to get some sleep. Come on now. I ain't the only one that done it. And stick it right back in the mouth. Shake it up a little bit. <laughs> Feeding the baby too quick because you want some peace. Is that not right? Ain't that what we do? Is that not what we do with the word? We want a quick fix. Somebody will tell you what Jesus have done in their lives. They will tell you what they seen and what they witnessed, but you don't know what they went through to get where they are. So you taking their witness and you trying to live off of their testimony because you don't want to go into the word yourself. So you saying, if she done it, I can do it. But you don't know those were baby steps. Those were things that I had to go through to get to the place that I am now. I didn't just take a bottle and just throw away the bottle and say, now give me some meat. See, with the baby, you go from that bottle to the cereal to the baby food. Is that not right? Then after the baby food, then you start getting table food. Is that right? 
You do all of that. And as that baby grow up, you teaching that baby how to eat by themselves. You teaching that baby how to go to the bathroom. Y'all, it is a process, right? So when you spending time with God, get your mind off of what somebody else told you about their experience. I'm going somewhere. This lady spent time with him. She began to bear witness to what she seen and what she heard. The Samaritans believed, and they believed so much that when they met Jesus, Jesus stayed there with them two days. And they began to listen to him. They began to develop their relationship with Jesus. And as they developed that relationship, they came back and told that lady, we don't only believe because of what you said. We believe because we heard him for ourselves. Now, some of us said that we have heard him for ourselves. When you truly hear Jesus for yourself, your life change. You ain't going to be the same no more. You ain't going to be doing the things that you used to do no more. You ain't going to hear what nobody else have to say. You said, wait a minute. I need to hear God for myself. I hear what you saying. But I need to hear him for myself. That takes spending time in this word to say, God, what are you saying to me? That's a relationship. We're going back to the dating scene. God was sharing this with me. Y'all, have y'all noticed people come together with each other quicker than they come together with God? I'm going to say it again. People come together with each other quicker than they come together with God. A purse, people that are dating, I don't care how the situation is, they can't take their mind off that person because they want to make sure that person is okay. Is that amen? I don't know. When I was dating, I don't know if daddy remember this. Me and him, we would uh, spend time together. You know, he would come to the house, you know, 11 o'clock, he had to go home. That was just it. 11 o'clock, I don't care how old I was. Now I got to go somewhere on that one because this is a witness too, bearing witness. Now that man sitting over there, when I was in my granddaddy house, 11 o'clock, you out of his house. That was respect. You got a home, you go to it. So 11 o'clock, granddaddy would turn up the news. He said, okay, it's time to go. It's 11 o'clock. When you heard that news, you out of there, right? So look, when I got to my daddy's house, I was already trained. He already knew it was 11 o'clock. Daddy didn't have to say, go home at 11 o'clock. He knew he was going home at 11 o'clock. So we spent that time together. But how many know when you get in an argument, don't come over here, you stay home. Don't even don't come back over here, you stay home. Daddy'd be like, they called him Bird. Well, where Bird at? Well, why, why he always got to come over here? Why you asking where he at? He home. Daddy already knew we was having some difficulties, right? So he already knew I had an attitude, so he already knew something was wrong. Where am I going? We spent so much time together that when something was wrong with him, something was wrong with me. When something was wrong with me, something was wrong with him because that's just how close we were. Now, the thing that God was telling me is when you are saved, we weren't saved then. When you are saved and you have come to know Jesus, why is that man or woman ahead of him? I don't hear no witnesses. Tell me why that man and that woman is still ahead of Jesus. Because that's who you love more. Because when you love him 
and you spend time with him, nothing or no one is ahead of him. That means no one is going to take me away from him. He's first and foremost in my life. And you, if you don't like who's first, then that's it, baby. Because I'm not changing for nobody. That's why you got to be so in love with Jesus. That no matter who or what come in your life, that don't change your relationship. Look at your neighbor and say, have your relationship changed with Jesus? Say something is wrong. Let's just do that again. That's how you really a witness you even going to witness to that boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. It don't matter. You don't change because y'all's situation have changed. You remain true to who you are to him. There's no change. There's no shifting. You don't have, you're not like a windshield wiper. Go in your word. Paul did not change once he knew Jesus. You know why he didn't change? Because Paul got revelation. On top of revelation, on top of revelation. Why? Because he spent time with him in the word. And guess what, y'all? I'm going somewhere. Y'all know he had 12 disciples, right? They became apostles. Was Paul in that bunch? No. Paul wasn't in that bunch. Paul didn't get to walk with Jesus. He didn't get to talk with Jesus. Now, he heard about this Jesus, but he didn't get to spend the time that those disciples got uh, to spend with Jesus, did he? He had a Damascus Road experience, and that experience that he had helped him to be the witness to who he believed in. And how did he do it? Through the word. He spent time in the word. He spent time building himself up in the things of God. So this is where God is going. We got so many people that saying, I'm a witness for Jesus. But guess what? When things fall short in your life, who are you talking about? Ask your neighbor, who you with? Y'all ain't saying it like you know who you with. Look, everybody, who you with? Who you with? I'll give you another example. Y'all, the reason why Jesus is saying it is time to testify is because we're not presenting him well. We're supposed to present him so well, they know who we with. Our light's supposed to shine so well in the midst of a dark world that they know who we with. When times get hard and when they get difficult, people know who we with because the reply that comes out of our mouth, let them know who we with. And we're not just saying it just to say it, but we saying it with confidence and assurance because this is the confidence that we have in him that whatsoever we ask according to his will, we know that he hear us. And if we know that he hear us, we know that he has given us the petition that we have asked him for. That means that no matter what kind of trouble come, I know who I'm with. I know who I can go to because I'm that witness I have seen and I have experienced what he has done in my life and nobody's going to stop me from talking about who I'm with and if anybody around you stop you from being that witness that you need to be that means that you favor that person more than you favor him it's time for us to know who we're truly with, y'all. You know, everybody's saying, you know, this is his birthday. This is the day that he's born. Nobody don't really know that the day is his birthday. But I'm here to tell you, every day is his birth. Every day we should be celebrating him. Every day we should be telling people about his goodness and his mercy. But we talk about more things, other things, than we talk about Jesus. Come on, sometimes we can sit there and watch a whole television show. 
We can tell people verbatim from the beginning to the end, not missing nothing about that show. As soon as you ask them something about the Bible, what? Who are you talking about? Who is Hezekiah? Who's Paul? Who's Peter? Who's John? And you've been saved for 20 years. And you don't even know who, who, who they are. It's time for us to be effectual witnesses, y'all. For Jesus, if we're going to be who we say we are, our life should be reflecting who we say we are. Does that mean that God doesn't love us? No, he loves us outside of us. But y'all, I'm telling you something. If we get out there and we begin to decree and declare concerning him, concerning what he done, do you know how many people want what we have? If you've been saved for 20 years and you've been around sinners and nobody accepted Jesus, you need to, your, you need to check your salvation. If you're in a house with a sinner and you're saved and that sinner ain't ready to change, what does the Bible say? That sanctified wife will sanctify that husband. And if he want to leave, let him leave. It's the same thing with the wife. That means that neither one of them want to change. But if you being an effectual witness and you're testifying to what you've seen and you heard, somebody in that house is going to want Jesus. Because they're seeing your life. They're seeing your lifestyle. How do I know? Because that man sitting over there, I wanted him to have Jesus so bad, y'all. Every day, you need to be saved. You need to get to know Jesus. You need to do this. You need to do that. You know what God told me one day in prayer? This is why you need to spend time with him. He said, leave him alone. You live your life and leave him alone. When I left him alone, I really left him alone. And he saw everything I went through, but he still saw me talking about Jesus. He saw me going to church even when he didn't want to go to church. I didn't beg him to go to church. I went on to church. Thank God he didn't tell me to stay home. But I went, y'all, and when I come back, I didn't try to throw nothing on him. I just lived my life according to the word. And one day he asked me, he said, what must I do to get saved? Y'all, I didn't even know how to offer him salvation. I'm, I'm serious because I left it alone. I'm like, okay, let me see, let me see where I start. Let me see where I start. But when, when he did get saved, y'all, immediately this man stopped what he was doing instantly. His cursing, his music, all of that ceased. Wonder why? Because he had somebody in the house to represent Jesus. You can't one day say Jesus and the next day live like a heathen. This is why you got to go into your secret closet when you want to hit somebody and you got to go talk to him and say, Lord, I'm mad. Lord, I'm going through. I don't know if I can deal with this man, these kids, but God, your grace and your mercy, it saw me through. And I got grace and mercy and loving kindness and goodness following me all the days of my life. Now God manifested because I need it right now. And the more you call on him, and the more you humble yourself, even in the midst, Teresa Waddell, change have already come. How do I know? Because the words that they speak don't matter no more. Why? Because he's shielding you. He's your shield. He's your refuge. He's your sure defense. He's your present help in the time of trouble. And then they're wondering, mama, what's wrong with you? Woman, what has happened to you? Jesus, I met a man and he changed my life. And let me tell you, he can change yours. And that's when you don't have to keep telling them you need to be saved. You need to be saved because they see that you ain't talking back no more. They see that you ain't lashing out no more. They see that you ain't boohooing all over the place no more. You laughing because the Bible says a merry heart do, does good like medicine. 
but a broken spirit dries up the bones. So they're seeing the joy of the Lord is your strength, Teresa. And they're saying, Mama, I want what you got. Baby, I want what you got. I know that I have taken you through this, that, or the other, but I'm ready to, I'm telling you, Teresa, God is speaking. God say, you be that witness. No matter what they do or how they do it, God say, you just keep on being who you are now that you're in Christ. I'm telling y'all, it works. But you know what we try to do? We try to play the part. Quit trying to play it. Just be it. Just live. And how can you live it through being in here? No matter how people talk about you, you can walk through it. You can say, you know what? I love them anyway. No matter what they say, I love them anyway because that's not them. That's not them. God said, bless those who curse you. Love those who hate you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Are you hurt? Yeah. You're hurt because you can't believe your husband done you like that. You can't believe your wife done you like that. But you're saying, what a friend I have in Jesus. Y'all, this ain't no game. I'm here to tell you, lay all this stuff aside. Let go of this, that, or the other and begin to go in this word so you can be an effectual witness. So you can do what the word of God tell you to do. And I'm hearing in my spirit the reason why so many people latch on to other things and other people because of hurt. Because let me tell you, the, the best thing that you can ever find, the best one is Jesus. And if you let him mend your broken heart and bind up all your wounds, when somebody come in your life, guess what? It'll just fly by you. They'll be like, you don't love me? Yeah, I love you, but not, I love Jesus more. I love him more, and I'm not letting go of him. So God said, be an effectual witness. You can only testify to what you've seen or heard, and you can't even do it if you ain't been with him. If you ain't experienced him, quit living off of somebody else's testimony. That testimony is helping you to know that you can do it. But go in the word of God and say, I want to experience you for myself. I want to spend time in this word. And I'm going to use Judge Turner over there. How long did it take you to be a lawyer? Four years? Was With three? That's seven years, ain't it? You know, that's complete. Then eight was a new beginning. But it took diligence, didn't it? It took long suffering, didn't it? It took a mind that was pressing in to what you know you wanted, right? Your heart was on that. Your heart was on it, Tanya, even before you went to college, right? You was drawn towards that, right? But you had to open a law book. You had to learn from teachers, didn't you? Couldn't miss no class, could you? Because if you missed class, what was going to happen? You ain't know what they were talking about. So you had to press into those books. So when men come your way, Tanya, what did you hang on more to, that man or that book? Why? (laughs) Tanya funny. She wasn't no nerd. She had her mind made up. She knew what she was going to school for, didn't you, Tanya? She knew what she needed to have. So every day she had to press in. She had to press in. And even when it seemed hard, Tanya, you wanted to give up. You had to do what? You had to press. You had to keep pressing. And then I know you had to talk to your mama, your daddy, and say how tough it was. And, and I know Miss Lace wasn't them say, girl, you ain't dropping out now all that money. You're going to finish that. Now I ain't playing, girl. Don't make me come up there. <laughs> but you pressed. And you had people that was behind you to help you to succeed, right? This is what I'm telling y'all. This is what we supposed to do. 
If I'm in a place in my life where I had to press in this word to get where I am. See, y'all, I'm not here just by circum, well, by chance. See, I had to press in here when I didn't understand these D's and thou's and I closed it up and say, well, let me go read your Joyce Myers book. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, all right, Joyce, that's me. I'm getting joy. But after a while, it leaves me because that was what Joyce experienced. But the books helped me to realize I don't have to stay in that place. And God said, get in the word. Okay, God, I don't understand that. I go back to Joyce. I get happy with Joyce. Then all of a sudden, Joyce couldn't satisfy me no more. Y'all been there? Couldn't satisfy me no more. So I go to another author. They couldn't satisfy me no more. Finally, I had to press in this word for myself. And I had to say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? I don't understand that. I can't get it. If I can't get it, how can I help somebody else? Oh, y'all, when the light come on. And when it come on the scripture that, that God gave me, the first one was, the word is a lamp under my feet and a light unto my path. And I'm like, huh? Y'all know how you do. Huh? The word is a lamp on my feet and a light onto my back. What do I mean? I don't understand that. I can understand it with my natural mind. But when I said, Holy Spirit, help me to understand that. And then when we break it down and he said, the word will bring light. It will bring illumination. It will give you direction in every area of your life. The entrance of the word, the unfolding of the word will give you light. And I'm like, wow, all of that? Lord, I want that. I got so excited. And I would go in the word and stay in there for eight hours on one scripture. One. I said, I ain't moving until I get it. Some people say, well, you had the time. Yo, I was working too back then. But guess what I did? It was days that I had time off. It was times I would stay up in the middle of the night when the house was quiet because I knew what I needed. I want to ask you, do you know what you need? So when I come out of the house, I could be a witness to tell them I almost lost my mind. But let me tell you why I didn't lose my mind, Teresa. Because I dug into this word. And I knew my Savior, and I knew what he'd done, and I knew I didn't have to stay in this state of mind. And guess who I ministered to first? That Jennifer Poor. I'll tell you about this. Testify. Girl sitting over there, keying away. I'm coming out the bathroom. Y'all had a special place, the bathroom, where God said, be not weary in your well-doing, and do season your reap if you faint not. That was my place. I got tired of hearing that verse. Come out the bathroom. Stop right at the door. Look Jennifer dead in the face. Told all my business. Jennifer got happy. Got back to my seat. I said, oh my God. I don't even know her. Back then, I didn't even like Jennifer because Jennifer was mean. You go over there, she just tell you her mind and get back to work. Didn't like her. But I began to testify to what I seen and what I heard. Didn't know her situation, y'all. But God ended up using and didn't even know what I was saying. Got back to my seat. I said, oh, Jesus, that girl going to tell all my business. What in the world did I do? From that day forward on up to now, Jennifer's been with this ministry. Didn't know she was having marital problems. Didn't know what was going on. Didn't know that the dogs was her best friends. <laughs> Didn't know all this. But God knew all of it. So I became an effectual witness to this child. And I'll never forget Jennifer was in church, but she was in church. She didn't know about how you shouldn't do this and how you shouldn't do this. Remember this, Jennifer? I'll never forget this. The closer I got to Jennifer, I said, Jesus, 
Now, how am I going to tell this girl this? That's the laughingest girl I ever seen in my life. Every time I turn around, she laughing at something. I remember one day I would always come in Jennifer's office, and Jennifer be talking about Jesus with people, and that music be playing up in there. I said, nah, she witnessing these people, but the right music ain't on behind her. Serious business. She was witnessing and playing all this music. One day, the Holy Spirit told me, now you got to tell her. And what did Jennifer tell me? She said, I didn't know that. That's just, Jennifer ain't paying no attention. Her heart was right. But it's up to us to be a witness. We can't say we're friends with somebody and seeing them doing stuff that's not right and just saying, oh, well, they save. No, we have to testify to truth. Some of us see what people's doing, join them in what they're doing just to be a part of what they're doing, and they don't want what you have. I don't know about you, but what I'm selling, it brings healing, it brings deliverance, it brings prosperity, it brings joy, it brings peace. It's a whole package. And I want everybody to have all that I have. Why? Because I know where I've been. And I don't want to mess up my witness messing with folk that don't want to change. I give you the word. It's up to you to accept the word. It's up to me to be with you as long as God allowed me to be with you. But it's the time we have to turn them loose and say, get it for yourself. Some of us just want it when we're in trouble. When you're in trouble and never been in it, you won't receive it like you need to. But when you stay in it and trouble come, you know what you got. I'm going to say it again. The game is over. We need to quit playing games. We need to be effectual witnesses. And whatever we witness, there need to be something coming from it. There need to be the power of God. There need to be some evidence that's coming through who we've been with. I'll give you an example. My husband would always say, my wife, my wife, my wife. Why he always say my wife? Because his wife feed him. His wife washes clothes. His wife do what his wife's supposed to do without him telling me what to do. So if anybody, I'm always my wife, my wife, my wife. I say, he never called me my name. It's my wife, my wife. Because he appreciate what I do, and I couldn't do what I do without the Holy Spirit. Women, I want to tell you something. You want to be a wife. You want to be a girlfriend. You want to be all of these things. But you ain't got your life right yet. You ain't got it together yet. You want somebody to appreciate you, but you can't even appreciate you. Because you don't even know who you are. You want somebody to love you, but you don't even know what genuine love is. So you think just because a man come up to you and say, oh, baby, you look good. And I just love you and you're going to be mine. I know you. <laughs> Fall for it. Then someone say, I thought you loved me. Who told you that? And you say, love hurts. So you better know who you in love with and who you with. Because when you give them your heart, ain't nobody can mend it but God. Let's be effectual witnesses, y'all, for him. If we're going to talk about him, let's be about him. Let our light shine everywhere we go, and people are going to know who we belong to and who we're. Some people think that I think I'm better than anybody else. They think I think I'm so righteous, I'm so holy. Y'all, I mess up too. But one thing I do do, I got a father. 
that loves me and that already know when I'm going to mess up, when I'm a fu- I ain't cursing nobody out now, I ain't going to lie. He know when I'm going to get upset, but one thing I know, I can go to him and say, Father, that was wrong. I shouldn't have said it, I shouldn't have done it, and I can go right back to that person, not two, three weeks later, the same day, and say, forgive me if i done anything or said anything to offend you. I don't know what it is, but I feel in my spirit that it shouldn't be like this. And that's a good witness. Because when people see me coming, they're going to say, that's the one that humbled herself, and it wasn't even her fault. Who am I representing? So if you're going to be a witness... Let's be a witness. Y'all, let's just drop all our credentials right now. Them long set of credentials you got, just, just throw them in trash. And just say, I am who I am because I'm in him. Not because of anything that I have done. And let's just begin to humble ourselves and let's testify. Dealing with his goodness, his mercy, his loving kindness. And I'm telling you, if you don't try to push your way in there and just live a normal life, you will see things manifest so much in your life, you will know that's Jesus. Learn to wait on him. Learn to hear him. Learn just to be in his presence. Don't wait to ask somebody else, well, you know, I think that was God. What you think? They ain't in your house. Spend time with him. Get to know him for who he is. And everything that you need, you realize you already got it in him. You don't need it in a man. You don't need it in a woman. You don't need it in material stuff. Why am I saying that? Because I know where I've been. That man right there felt like he could do no wrong. That was a lie. He's a man, ain't he? Felt like he was picture perfect because I was his wife. That don't mean nothing. He'll mess up just like anybody else would mess up. Every, all of us in this room has messed up. So we can't put nobody before we put God. God let me know you're making him your idol. So when I got into Jesus, he got out my system. He knew God was going to always be first, first and foremost. And that's why me and him can get along so good because he know God's first. I put God before I put anybody. Why? Because he saved me. He delivered me. He set me free. So I laid it down because I know who he is now that I'm in him. Pat, could you come up here, please? God is so wonderful. He's so awesome, isn't he? I got something to tell you, girl. Hot off the press. Athea, you got my song. Um, ooh, I bet you don't have it. Uh, he's turning it around. You got that one? Pull it up for me. Um, Vishon, got something to tell you. 